Welcome to the Ball Truth with your host, the coach, D. Jackson. This podcast is your companion to build confidence and live life to the fullest without regrets. It's what you need to hear without any fluff. This podcast is here to not only make you feel empowered, but actually be empowered to live life with a refreshed mindset. Now, your host, a man of God with a kingdom mentality, built to serve community, educate the willing, and empower those seeking to live a life of true authenticity. The Coach, D. Jackson. Hey, 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 welcome to the Ball Truth Podcast. I'm your host, D. Jackson, the coach, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. Today, I've got a great show for you all about mentally winning at each stage in your life. My guest today has a story that you need to hear, um, and it is something that we all need to understand how your mentality, your daily mentality can change your life for the better or, of course, for the worse. Your mentality is everything. Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? It's been a minute since I've seen you. Yeah, like I was just saying, we are so overdue. We well man, done, man. Man, you know, almost burnt. That's how bad, <laughs> how bad it's been. You know, we, I'm so glad we can connect. Yeah, man, it's good. And um, you know, the ball of truth is all about being real. So I just want to hop right into it because at the end of the day, you know, I see you on Facebook. I, you know, I've always been a fan. You inspire me because the mentality that you have had to come from somewhere. So tell us a little bit about how you develop this grind, hustle, and execution mentality, which, of course, I'm reading on the, on the, right, the, right. the pictures you got behind you. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, uh, just you positioning the question like you just did uh, created a reaction inside of me. Mm-hmm. Like my, 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 my eyes started to well up mm-hmm. as I started to just my life started to flash and remind me not just what I did, but who was a part of who I am today. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, My experience has given me a level of humility that Mm -hmm. I never thought I would ever be able to walk on this earth with. And I started with my grandma. Mm -hmm. You know, I was raised old school. Big mama. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, She wasn't a big mama, but she was a big mama. She mm-hmm. was a dungeon master. That's what I'm talking you know what I'm about. Saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all big mama means. Like she, she handled everything and everybody. Yeah, right. And it's like, you know, my grandmother took me in when I was five years old. Cause you know, my stepdad, you know, used to beat me. Oh, wow. You know, back in the yeah. day, oh, yeah. know, I was raised old school. We get, mm-hmm. you know, you get your ass whooped if you, yeah. if you out of pocket, period. By you know, my parents know. and everybody else. Right. Switch belt. It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. But even back then, I knew he was doing a little too much. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And um, one day I went to my grandma's house and when it's time for me to go home, I just do an all out temper tantrum. You know, uh, to this day, uh, we call it a hockey one million. Mm -hmm. That was the name of the temper (laughs) tantrum back then. Hockey one million. You remember uh, Chance Benny and Devil when he spin spin through the rocks? (laughs) That was me. Right. Mm -hmm. But anyway, long story short, it was so bad that my grandma just looked at everybody and said, leave the boy alone. I'll mm. take care of him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And um, this is after she already had six boys, six girls. 
and raised them in East Oakland. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm. I was her 13th like kid, but actually like her fifth oldest grandchild of about 60. Wow. Mm-hmm. So in my family, I saw everything. You know what I'm saying? Before mm-hmm. I even walked out the door, all the different personalities, all the stuff that people will be tripping off on on, on social media. <laughs> I was one of those kids that took in everything. Mm-hmm. Like I was nosy, but I was on the under about it. I'd be yeah. all in your conversation from way across <laughs> the room, right? <laughs> so, uh, ear hustling. <laughs> yeah, ear hustling at its finest. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just growing up, you know, one thing I didn't mention is my mom also had multiple sclerosis. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she had a very, very uh, advanced case of it, case of it. And back then they didn't know what the hell they was doing with MS, you know? Yeah. She had yeah. brain Still don't surgery. Still don't know really now, man. Yeah. She had a brain <laughs> surgery. They did all kinds of shit to my mom. Oh, you know? wow. She operated on her, just experimented on her and all kinds of stuff. But long story short, you know, growing up, my grandma took me in. But I didn't really, I had what I needed, but I didn't really have what I wanted, You, if yeah. that makes sense. Yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? I had a yeah. roof, I had food, three hots in the cot. She loved me the best she could. Um, but as far as what I wanted, that just took a back seat. We were surviving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I was that chubby kid in, high, in elementary mm. that chubby, uh, always shiny, like I just ate a bucket of KFC. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had the tough skins with the iron on patch. Yeah. And um, I remember one year I got some Jordash, but when we washed them, they shrank. They shrank? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, but I was still wearing them, though. Don't get me wrong. It's killing it, yeah. We'll make this work. Like, you know? Yep. And Uh, and in East Oakland, man, that had to be rough. Well, actually, you know, we moved um, in 70. I think it was 78 or 79 mm-hmm. we moved from the east to the north because my okay. uncle got into it with some you know folks some d-boys mm-hmm. back in the day the yeah. ones you know, one of the famous ones let's put mm-hmm. it down you know what i mean and um you know how we do it we get into some funk we don't leave the state we just go from east mm-hmm. oakland to west oakland right <laughs> from east oakland to north oakland yeah. right so we relocated to the north and that's where, you know, I went to school. And when it was time for me to go to high school, I wanted to go to Oakland Tech. Mm-hmm. But my grandmother, uh, she was like, hell no, boy, you go in the same marriage with Tony, which was my Ooh, older cousin. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I went to all boys school, mm-hmm. um, which was good because on the streets in mid 80s, early 90s, man, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was not a place for a, a young black man to be, you know? Yep. You was either trying to get to class so you can stay out of the war zone or you was doing what you got to do to survive in the war zone. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And selling dope, which is one of the many things that you had to do to survive, you know? Um, but long story short, I was able to, you know, go through, have that experience of being in a high school where the expectations were just higher. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, no, we, we ain't talking about just graduating. We're talking about being in this world and being somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which was mm-hmm. to the contrary of how we was raised. We was just like survival mode. Get a, get a job and you know, with some benefits, and you just hold on, you know. You living big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
but these people was talking about going to college and you know like having careers and you know some some about millionaires and i'm just like all my programming was like you know if you had a lot of money you got it by selling dope yeah yeah or working some kind of twist or mm-hmm. some know, kind of hustle you, you was a pimp but it was something mm-hmm. you know or a doctor or a lawyer but that was, that was on the other so, side. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was like, yeah, we won't do that, man. You know, I need me a chain right about now. I don't need no lawyer. You know what I'm saying? But I always had that. I always felt like I had that intelligent hula mentality, mm-hmm. meaning that I know how to get to school. If it's about to go down, I'm going to get off first. Yeah. And I know how to run if I have to. You right? know what I'm saying? Prerequisites, <laughs> prerequisites in the hood, boy. Yeah, you got to know when to run, but that's a long way of saying what I'm, what I'm getting to is my senior year, uh, you know, I played football, basketball, track all four years. And my senior year, my mom's multiple sclerosis finally got to the point where it was, you know, she was dying from it. And my senior year, I was 17 years old. My mom, uh, two weeks before my mom died, I met my dad for the first time, my real wow. dad. Yeah. And uh, that was by accident. You know, I, we were playing and I got an interception and ran it back for a touchdown. They were like, the guy's person's interception return mm-hmm. for a touchdown. <sighs> and this lady came up to me and she asked me, hey, are you the guys? I'm like, yes. She's like, hi, I'm your auntie um, on your father's side. That's your cousin, our star running back. This happened to be my cousin and I didn't even know it. You know what I'm saying? Wow, yeah, wow. <laughs> and all this was happening you know, all that build up from watching my mom get sick. And back in the days when we played the dozens, people would cap on your mama, your grandmama. Mm-hmm. They didn't care if she was in a wheelchair. Right. Uh, you know, that I was I, even I think, better. That made the yeah, cap right? even better. <laughs> I, I, I'm this stuff on social media. They talking about social bullying. I'm just like, yeah. y'all wouldn't have last two seconds. Nope. nope. You know what I mean? But it finally came to a point, you know, my mom passed away. I meet my dad for the first time. I'm a young African-American male, raised, born and raised in Oakland with an opportunity to go to a private school. Now I got to go to college. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, I really felt like I couldn't turn down that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To be a, a young black man to go to college and get out of that war zone. So I went, even though I wasn't ready, even though it wasn't in my heart. And that was my first taste of nothing sustainable if we're not doing it for ourselves first. Mm-hmm. You yep, know what I'm saying? That's true. I don't care how good it sounds. You know what I mean? You yeah. can sign on the dotted line. You can pledge. You can do all this oh, stuff. <laughs> if it ain't if it ain't in your heart, it's it's not it's, it's not gonna happen. It's I mean, not. we I think as black men, young black men, we learn that early, like you said, from multiple different places. Um, whether it's, you know, Big Mama or it's uh, the streets or sports or it is um, a situation where you are outside of sports and you are the star, but you got all that stuff to deal with, with, you know, the war zone. You have to make right. a choice. And right. we, we grow with, with that a different kind of heart pledge to basically stay alive. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that type of pledge that, like you said, the stuff that's on social media, all that stuff, you know, like I said, they wouldn't know, they wouldn't last. They wouldn't understand how it really works. They would blow their brains out. They would blow, I mean, yeah, they really it was would. Intense, mm-hmm. 
right? Back then, I, I still think that from, you know, people from that era, we all have some sort of PTSD. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, we saw, <laughs> man, people see it on, see the video. Yeah. No, we smelt the gunpowder. Yeah. We heard the we, we smelt the blood. Yeah. The you know what I'm saying? Blood, you know, the <laughs> overdue that didn't get cleaned up mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's ingrained in us in a way that at this point, we can appreciate that growth because in the battle and like, there's not a whole lot we can't handle as black men because of what we went through when we were raised. That's the part well, people don't see. Right. Well, I think that handling it yeah. is uh, that's a loaded concept because yeah. we can stuff Step, it. Yeah. <laughs> we can hold on to it. And then it makes us crazy mm -hmm. if we don't incorporate the, 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 the proper tools to first of all, identify it and use that energy yeah. to, for it to become an asset and not a liability. Yeah. You know that goes saying? back to that heart um, statements that the, it's, what's in your heart is going to come out if you let it. Right. Because you can get right. sucked into the game, so to speak, and not really want to be there. But because you feel like you have to be, you make those choices. Right. And I think and same thing goes on the other side. Right. And, you know, like I said, I went to college, my heart wasn't in it and all that stuff. I, I, I will not deny I did not that my grandmother and my family, they provided me a solid foundation. Mm -hmm. Respect your elders. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Wasn't no cussing around, bro, folks. No, Boy, no, you you got to earn that. <laughs> you can't say shit. You yeah, better, man, man you're going to get backslapped in your 20s. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, that old school respect. So I had that. But I felt like I was constantly being pulled from the other side to the yeah. other side, to the dark side, right? Yeah. And I put my, and then my pain from my mom was the catalyst for the dark side to come in and say, mm -hmm. do you want to play now? Like, <laughs> you, you ready? <laughs> Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's yeah, do this. Let's do this. Yep. do everything taboo. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And when I say taboo, that's when I start you know, uh, self-medicating and playing around mm -hmm. with the drugs, mm -hmm. you know, in college and I dropped out and I really went to a party and it didn't end to 10 years later. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was, you know, uh, fast forward, you know, it started off with bumps and then it mm -hmm. ended up to rails. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I found myself on the other side of where, you know, growing up, seeing the genocide, how crack cocaine mm -hmm. just totally decimated, decimated households, yeah. took away strong sisters, strong mm -hmm. brothers, you know, even grandmas, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Just whoosh, <laughs> and turn them all into zombies, yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying? With, with no chance to get back, I was on that side, mm -hmm. you know, but, and I was using my mom's death as an excuse to be oh yeah okay you know what i'm saying yeah. i had a justifiable okay. reason yeah. you know At i went you, through this you convince yourself of that yeah yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. I, I just remember i resented people who had their mamas mm. and you know and they tried to tell me something i used to flash on them i'm like <laughs> man don't you can't tell me nothing your mama's still making you milk and cookies like <laughs> lose your mama then we can have a conversation so mm -hmm. yeah. that was my my mentality you know and um, long story short, that took me to a very, 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 very dark place mm -hmm. where, you know, uh, suicidal, homicidal. Wow. Um, you couldn't pay me enough to tell the truth. 
fifty dollars. Here's ten thousand dollars. Just tell us about something. It wasn't me. Mm-mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was that dude. Look, I was that dude <laughs> that would steal your shit and help you look for it. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I was in so much pain mm-hmm. that that pain turned into like a take mentality or how can I beat the system or how can I get over it? You know, even when I was in college, I had dropped out, but I was at walking around with a backpack acting like I was still going to school. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I'm going on study dates. I'm in the cafe like, what you doing with the eyes? Uh, studying for a biology final. <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm highlighting the book. That's how far I, I went with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I Damn, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when people say, oh, the artist, uh, I'm just like, you have no freaking clue where I came from, mm-hmm. where I had to crawl from to be where I am, where I'm at today. You know what I'm saying? So, Man. so not, where- not only did that affect you mentally, but of course it affected you uh, emotionally. So how, how, how did you, I mean, we kind of get an idea of how you got there mentally just from the loss of your mom, but from an emotional standpoint, how were you dealing with it during that time? What was your emotional state during that time? Well, my emotional state, I, I still have it. I was a mm. nuclear reactor, an unstable nuclear reactor. You know what I'm saying? You know, when they get out of the building, when the needle's like, tee, 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 and all the alarms are going off. Like, you say the wrong thing to wrong thing to the artist, you just don't know what you wow. don't get. Wow. In high school, I had the outlet of football. So yeah, you know. yeah. A lot of us did. Yeah, we had outlet mm-hmm. of football. And I remember we actually went to the Coliseum my senior year in high mm-hmm. school. And I just remember, like, the next day I couldn't move because every play, I was hitting someone through my mm-hmm. pain. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All oh, this, I know no well, technique, bro. nothing. Just, nothing. Ah! Just running through people. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But when I ran out of that outlet, yeah, I started running through myself. Yeah. No, I had that same pain, man. When I left high school football and I went to college and then I got injured and stopped playing ball, I, I lost my identity. Mm-hmm. And I fell through some things that, you know, I'm not proud of and, and doing things that I know I shouldn't have been doing, but that's only because I was trying to find myself, but still keeping up that, that facade, like you said, still keeping up that everything is okay mentality. Mm-hmm. But, oh, if, oh, I mean, and then you, your family, I remember coming home from a vacation from Santa Cruz or, mm-hmm. and I was, I was sucked up. I was, you know, I was looking real thin and everything. And someone's like, the eyes, you, you sure look thin. I was like, oh, you know, I'm in Santa Cruz and I'm trying to vegetarian, vegetarian thing. My old school uncle was in the back with like, shit, that motherfucker smoking crack. <laughs> Actually, it's mad. Like, it's not crack. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but the, my point is, you know what I mean? Yeah. People know when you're not living right. Yeah. People, People that have still, seen it, that have been there, that know, know that you ain't living right. Right. But still in my mind, I'm, I'm just fighting that story. And I remember when I finally surrendered and said, hey, I need help. You know, when I finally decided I wanted to live, mm. you know, oh, you, you was that close to death, huh? Well, I was too coward to just pull the trigger and blow my brains out. I'll just be 100 percent real with you. I was I, but I will put myself in a situation where somebody would do it for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
Like, you don't need to have your ass in that house right now because right. you don't know who coming through the door, mm-hmm. who's going to kick it open. And if you lucky, you might get duct taped. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So, and that that's not me. I'm not going to say yeah. about that life. But that's what the I mentality was. was where you were, though. Right. So what what was the trigger? What was the switch that said no more? It was gradual, mm-hmm. you know, back to my grandma. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I was horrified was of, of, of was seeing her seeing me on the other side of some glass mm. or in a casket. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, actually, I wasn't that afraid of that. But something about going to jail and her looking at me and seeing me on the other side. Yeah. That was a part of it. And, um, you know, I remember 1996 was tough for me because that was the time when all my friends was graduating and getting their BAs. Mm-hmm. But I was enrolling into my first rehab. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So why the you know, the higher standard, they moving on. It seems like I'm going this way, right? So that was a hard one to swallow. But I knew this is the path that, you know, this is what my path looks like. And um, I asked for help and it started the journey of recovery. That didn't fix it. That was just yeah. the beginning. Yeah. And I see why so many people say, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> It's not for the faint of heart at all, Man. you know. And this is I'm like 21, and I'm in there with old, you know, OGs, people mm-hmm. that's been there for that's they lifestyle. Wow, you know, and uh, but not to get stuck on that it was like that was the beginning, and that sent me. That was the beginning of a journey to just continually, you know, discover who a theodist person's really mm-hmm. is, or be that person, you know. I'm meant to be here on this earth. Yeah. But before I even can start that journey, I got to detox, get my mind right, get my mind clear, stop self-medicating mm-hmm. so I can deal with all those feelings that I was running from. You know what so, I'm saying? So you essentially had the vision of how you wanted to be before you actually took the step to make it work. So you had you saw yourself clean, champion mentality, doing the things you wanted to do in life, but you were still at that, um, stage of doing drugs and living that crazy lifestyle. And so you basically had to re-engineer that whole process because you had to figure out how to get to that point. Well, that's, I, I, that's I, impressive. I, Most people don't understand that you have to have that vision before you actually start doing. And do you be you in go. that state of mind for you to be in that state of mind and still be able to see that it's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Well, once again, I, I can't take all the credit the people who raised me, raised me to deep down in, inside, believe that I'm here to do something. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, even my friends, I'm just like, they looking at me like, Dave, well, like, you tripping. Like, <laughs> what? Like, really? Like, you going to go out like that? It's like, mm. that's not the thing we know. They call me yeah. Hampton in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, you hear about thee? He out there bad, man. Like, seriously? Mm. Like, yup. You know, people look at me just disappointed, like not mad at me, but like look just at disappointed, me like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that that was something that hunted me for a, for a while. But because of how I was raised, and because just like I just had this thing inside of me, say, "Hey, it, mm. we gonna figure out a way." You know what I'm saying? 
we gonna figure out a way. So fast forward, my daughter was born, you know, me and Tracy, who we're mm-hmm. still, we're married now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy's been there with me from since day one. You wow. know what I'm saying? Wow. When we first met, I wasn't even wearing draws, you know? <laughs> it's like, wow, this is a wild animal. Like, Captain K! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we got to give props to her because the story I feel like you're about to tell, man, she got a, she got, she earned a lot of points. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny when she first came around, you know, I brought her, you know, because we're in a racial, Tracy's Mm -hmm. white, I'm black. She's from Richmond and I'm from Oakland, you know, Mm -hmm. that's like oil and water water right there, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's not supposed to make, so. You know, I remember bringing mm-hmm. it over to my grandma's house, like, oh, she can hang on, hang with grandma and aunties, then, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. I, I I take off to the store. I probably went to go get some drink or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I come back and they having a good old time. And they telling her to stay away from me. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But I met Tracy at UC Santa Cruz, and mm-hmm. one thing that I admired about her, she was working three jobs while putting herself through through college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like, she's serious. She's about the business, but mm-hmm. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me just keep her, like, in, the, in, the, you know, in my she, radar, right? Right. <laughs> but I wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short, we ended up getting together, and we had our daughter and uh, that was the first time that I realized the world does not revolve around the artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was like, here's this beautiful, like, I just could tell she was special. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, she's going to need me. She's going to need me. Cause I know how I was. I'm like, is she going to be around running around with knees like, out there? Like, right. <sighs> right. I got to get it together. So um, that was another catalyst. But even further along in my story, I realized when I tried to get clean the second time, I did it for my daughter, but that only lasts for, for a certain, certain, you know, for a yeah. certain time. And it really didn't stick until when I was ready to lose, you know, the relationship with Tracy, mm-hmm. lose being able to see my daughter to take care of the artists, that the real shift, you know, mm-hmm. real shift happened. When I started doing it for me. When started, when did that happen? How long ago did that happen? <clears throat> I would say that was back in, I would say 2000. Okay. Yeah. Is it 2000? Yeah. That's 20, that's 2021 now. Whoa. I was about to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. It was right around when my son was born, you know, mm-hmm. when Tracy was pregnant with my son, you know. I slipped back, not all the way back, but you know, I was trying to have a foot in both worlds yeah. and it just wasn't going to happen. But that's when I realized I'm going to do it for me, regardless mm-hmm. if, the, if the marriage sticks together, regardless of I can't be, you know, can't be everything, the end all. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's where a change happened. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I started to seek the people that was going to help me get there. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it was this, this one cat. I avoided like the plague, you know what I mean? And uh, it's because he was, I had everyone compelled about my story, you mm-hmm. know? Why Me was my favorite song. 
Mm-hmm. You know, my mama died. I remember father for the first time. I was beat by my stepdad. Like I had put it to orchestrated this like perfect, like sorry ass story for people to feel sorry for mm-hmm. Giannis. Yeah. They feel sorry for me before they was willing to put a foot in my ass. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this one guy that I was avoiding, he was I met with him to be my sponsor, and I was like, oh, he's too serious. So I went to go somewhere else, right? I'm trying to find a sponsor. And then this up, I met with this other person. I'm like, cool, we talking. And he was like, you know what? I know the perfect person for you. And he gave me his number. It was the it's dude I've dude. been trying to get away from. <laughs> Man, what, what is this? I'm like, all right, I got it. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and I remember, you know, going to talk to him and I was telling him the why, the, the why me song, right? And he yeah. looked me dead in the eye. And said, and said, why not you, motherfucker? Mm-hmm. He's like, I got MS. Here's MS again in my life. Mm-hmm. They've operated on my brain. I can barely walk. I can't even have sex no more. Do you see me crying? Why me? You know? And it just really just slapped me so hard in the face mm-hmm. that I started to incorporate, instead of saying, why me? Why not me? Yeah. How can I turn all this pain into an, an asset and not a liability? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And once again, that was just another checkpoint of me evolving to the next checkpoint. Not yeah. evolve, I've arrived, yeah, but, right? but just that process, that trust in the process. It's a step process, but that statement by itself, you know, why me versus why not me? Just that one word changes the whole perspective. And if you can grab a hold of that, of why not me, that's an empowering chemical change that happens in you just by saying that statement. We take responsibility. Exactly. We, we take become accountable. Yep, yep. We take responsibility. And simultaneously, you know, once again, I had that old school uh, upbringing. I was in the trades and, mm-hmm. you know, I started to, well, I just gravitated. I believe that was what God felt towards those type of personalities mm-hmm. that wasn't going to give me no slack. Yeah. You know, cause I don't know if the artist was, you know, on the right side of his fence, he was still, he still liked to manipulate things, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so the universe made sure I had the right people that uh-huh. was going to be straight. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like old school, like, yeah. you know, Mike Puccini, big old Italian dude, mm-hmm. long ponytail, jailhouse tasks, biceps out to here. But, could barely read or write, but he could build anything with metal. Mm-hmm. And he snatched me on up under his wing because he saw every time I went somewhere, I had some pep in my step. Yeah. I was sweating. You know, if I was if I was sweeping the shop, I was I had the broom, I had pride. Boom, 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 and that basically set me on a course to learn fast. You know, these are third gen, fourth generation yeah. sheet metal workers. Yeah, and. Um, I was not only holding my own with them, I became a, a leader amongst them mm. as a minority. Wow, you know? yeah. And being able to go to some of the special job sites because I can pass a drug test. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the infamous drug test, yeah. <laughs> you see how it flipped? Yep. And it's like, you know, so when you asked me, how did I get here? I felt like I needed to give you some context. Yeah. Cause it wasn't this like, I just rolled out of bed and it's like, mm-hmm. got serious about changing my life. 
this has been a journey. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's amazing that you make that statement because people always see the finished product. Mm -hmm. People don't know how we got to where we're at and the right. struggles that we've gone through as young men, as young husbands, as black men, as, you know, street men, you know, having mm -hmm. to go through those and the battles that we had to fight daily. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember when I was growing up, man, of course, I had drug dealers and the pimps all hanging out in, in old Susun mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they wouldn't let me, unfortunately, get into the trade because I was so good in sports. They liked watching me play. Right. So if it hadn't have been for them keeping me out the game, who knows where I would have been. And those were those guys that were like, they wouldn't, as soon as I do something or try to, boy, they'd snatch my tail up. Yep. I wouldn't, I'd get beat, but I wouldn't get beat up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah, because you got to get back out in the field. <laughs> exactly. They the would court. do just enough to be like, nah, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, just because they, they enjoyed watching me play. But it's those things that people don't know about that we had to go through to, to, mm -hmm. to, to have the mindset that we have. Now, going through it helped it because we decided we wanted more and better for ourselves. But every day was a struggle. Right. Right. And, you know, every day is a struggle. And then, you know, we have to incorporate the mindset to mm -hmm. say, hey, that's just a part of the, you know, that's just, that just comes with the package. Yeah. <laughs> They're saying, why me? Like, man, it's a struggle. Like, yeah, okay. What, what else? What you else? <laughs> what else is new? And, you know, I got into trades and I turned out, became a journeyman. And so, mm -hmm. as soon as I became a journeyman, I start having that desire to, upgrade again you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying yeah yeah and just like windows how many times have they upgraded their operating system since right um, i mean almost every other every couple of years right so as people we're supposed to do the same mm -hmm. thing right yep. if a computer <laughs> has to do it we should be right? doing it <laughs> yeah like come on now so you know i started hanging out i went to a men's group it was a men's group in in the oakland hills right mm -hmm. This is after I've been in the trades for about 10 years. I was a journeyman, finally was a journeyman, was being groomed to be, you know, a foreman or, or, or a superintendent. Soup. Yeah. Yeah. That's because I can be a worker bee, but I mm -hmm. also, I'm good. I love working with people and all that. Yeah. I can see a few steps, you know, I can mm -hmm. zoom out and go, I can look at this, not just this, you know? Yeah. But, anyways, uh, I remember being at that men's group and seeing or hearing men talking about, quality of life mm -hmm. um going on their kids field trips without having they were their own boss setting their mm -hmm. own schedules and now to me that was such an amazing concept yeah you know they were speaking a language i didn't know existed and they looked like me mm. and they weren't mm -hmm. drug dealers you know no. what i'm saying <laughs> and i'm just like anyway if anything we used to mock these guys for yeah. being square yeah not knowing that they was going through the same thing we were, mm -hmm. but they just made choices, certain different choices, right? Yep, yep. And um, so that inspired me to want to get my real estate license. Mm -hmm. And I figured if it didn't work, I would humbly go, humbly go back to the shop, knock on the door, ask for my job back, and work my way up the totem pole, mm -hmm. right? That was 2005. And I, I ended up taking my test. I got my license. 
I was on the scissor list. You know, that's when they let you mm-hmm. do loans and real estate yeah, at the right? same time. I'm closing <laughs> deals, talking to my processor. Hold on, hold on. I'm, you know, I'm welding see the house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm coming home, you know, taking off my fatigues and throwing on some slacks in the briefcase, mm-hmm. back out there showing how it's going on listening appointment. That was my world for a year. And then I finally, you know, left real estate. And then Tracy, counselor, dean um, in the uni- Richmond Unified School District, she left six months after I did. Mm. You know, we went all in. All in. Yeah. And that was the scariest shit I've ever experienced. <laughs> I don't recommend it to nobody. Real estate's a cold game too, man. Because yeah, you know, man. you know, as I used to tell you all the time, I was like, real estate is just like selling drugs, man. Because when right. you got the product, which is the house, mm-hmm. and people come to see you, it's a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But it's, you know, not only we're in real estate, we were, we went from the nine to five yeah, mentality mentality to, you know, this entrepreneurial, uh, you know, self-employed world that we didn't have no context with. So mm-hmm. that's just a long way of saying, figuring it out on the fly or die, damn yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and raise your kids and yeah. be present. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, we, we stayed in the meat grinder. And we ate a lot of top ramen in our first mm-hmm. few years just because from an integrity standpoint, I wasn't putting anyone in the payment option loan or I wasn't yeah, yeah. charging assignment, you know, fees and getting rebacks on these loans. And mm-hmm. just, you know, there was a lot of that going on. So, uh, you know, once again, how did I get here at Theodis? Is because I, the way I got to where I'm at right now is I continue to upgrade my operating system. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I went yeah. from the trades to real estate and I saw, well, wait a minute. If I really want to have a say in any of this, I need to get my broker's license. Mm-hmm. People go, you ask a regular agent if they, well, how come they don't have a broker's license? They say, because it's too much responsibility. <laughs> well, last time I checked, the more responsibility you have, the more money, money you, you make. make. You're, you know what I'm saying? Or you have more options. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Once again, that shift. Yeah. The mind, that that shift. mindset shift of, like you said, upgrading. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting into real estate and learning all this stuff, being new in the business, new to being, you know, a mm-hmm. self-employed person, my health went to the wayside, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm constantly, I'm burning the candle on both ends. I got to make it, damn it, because I just quit a damn good job that had amazing benefits. <laughs> and everybody's like, you is tripping. Like, what is wrong with you, boy? You yeah. bumped your head way too many times, right? <laughs> uh, and so I ended up learning how to do short sales. And then, you know, I broke into mm-hmm. the REOs. And next thing you know, I had, you know, 25 different, I was working with 25 bank, credit, credit yeah. unions, servicers, hedge funds. So I had all these REO properties. And I remember looking at a photo of my family. We were supposed to be on vacation mm-hmm. and I looked like shit. Mm. You know what I mean? I looked like I probably was about a year or two away from a stroke. Oh, wow. Yeah. My face was puffy. Uh, I was smoking a pack a day. Newport's at that. Mm, um, no filters. Right. Well, I did the camo. I did the 12 gauges, the 99ers, the Marlboros, mm-hmm. red, mediums, all else. Right. Vincent <laughs> <laughs> and Hager, Salem's. Uh, man, I, I went through all that, but it was like, here I am. 
making more money than I've ever made in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was miserable. And my health was mm. absolutely in the tank. How old were you? How old were you during that when you when you saw that picture? Uh, two thousand eight. So what is that? Okay. Thirteen years yeah, 13 ago. Thirteen years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thirteen years ago. What's my math right right now? Hold on. Yeah, I was thirty four years old. Mm. Thirty four years old. You know, after what I just you know homelessness, rehab, yeah. getting in the trades, changing my profession, killing it. And then like, dude, you about to die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the street should kill you, but this real estate is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was just so many lessons like, ah, oh, like, yeah. wait a minute. They didn't tell me about this piece. Yeah. Well, it's like amazing you said that you were making more money than you ever made and you was miserable. Because people don't mm -hmm. realize that money doesn't make you happy, but it gives you a whole lot of happy options. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And it, it also makes you more what you already are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if yeah. you're an asshole, you'll be a bigger one. Mm -hmm. Or if you like to give or if you're afraid of like, if you have a scarcity mentality, mm -hmm. you get some money in your pocket, you can be like, Ooh, yeah. you know, like, like you in a jailhouse and someone trying to get your cornbread or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like you're going hold on to it and try to like not lose it or not be yeah. without it yeah and you start playing not to lose instead of playing to win yeah um but i remember looking at that and at that time i'm not gonna lie i was doing turbo jam with tracy i forgot what her name is we were doing turbo jam and one day i was doing like some some half-ass tybo moves uh -huh. and i looked at tracy i'm like what the hell am i doing <laughs> I like that you know you know better man i would i would love to see that video bro <laughs> turbo jam is not gonna get it for you d no no and what happened was it was like 2 30 in the morning i was you know watching that 2 30 in the morning mm -hmm. infomercial commercial and i saw p90x mm -hmm. and i got on some p90x and that was the first time i really did something that had like a you know a yeah, sustainable a effect yeah. Yeah. But even then I was still smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. You know, I I got to the point where I was running five miles and then fire up a cigarette. You know what I mean? Damn, bro. Like, <laughs> I was running and smoking like, you know what I mean? And it's the cigarettes was one of the last vices that I had to give up because mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I was using the cigarettes as a coat, uh, as a crutch, mm -hmm. not to deal with my true emotions. Oh, wow. You know I mean, yeah. Happy, have a smoke. Mm -hmm. Irritated, have a smoke. Pissed off, have a smoke. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Worried, have a smoke. Well, I was actually afraid of my feelings because remember, it's a nuclear oh, reaction yeah. of having to deal with that by myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sharing that because a lot of people don't, don't understand how deep that is to be afraid of feeling your true feelings. Oh, yeah. That's why you know most people saying? don't do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like how you mentioned, you know, you notice that I love myself and, you know, just fast forward into how did I get here? You know, now that I'm trying doing this Ironman training stuff, Bruh. you know, and, you know, well, first of all, facing my water fears, mm -hmm. but before that I realized, you know, I was a leadership and running several offices 
that you know that corporate game is more gangster than the streets yeah it is yes it you is know, people don't understand that you have the corporate dream and then you have your dream and then somehow your dream becomes, becomes the corporate dream exactly and you really have to unplug from the matrix mm -hmm. you feel me yeah i do for real and you know at the time i had a business coach and she helped me she called me out she was like why are you playing small, the goddess? Mm -hmm. mm. What the hell are you doing running those offices? That ain't what you're here to do. You know? And then I tried to do a business plan. Maybe I need to sell more houses. And then it kept coming to blanks. It was like, the reason you're drawing blank is because you're not doing what you're supposed to do right now. You still got some work to do. You ain't done. You didn't mm. arrive. Ooh. What's wrong with you? There you go again, thinking <laughs> you're going to take this, the steering wheel back. Mm -hmm. Like, boy, uh-uh. Trying to get back in the classroom, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I went on this 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 retreat, and I'm sharing this because people think, "Oh, you just get here by no." Yeah, that's what I always steps. see the finished product. Yeah, there's a there's process, steps. man. You know, I went on this 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 retreat, and it was a group of us, and you know, we did these workshops, and we're talking about you know past traumas and stuff, and we had these these robes that we had to wear, mm -hmm. but the only way you could take it off is by standing up, proclaiming to the group what you're going, what you're going to step into and mm. leave behind you. Mm. The only kicker is the group's got to believe it. Oh, ooh. So, <laughs> you, oh. Hey, if you ain't, if you ain't ready, yeah. they're going to let you know. We're going to be like, you're going to be there for a long yeah. time. Right? Wow. So that was the catalyst uh, you know, through that, I experienced that I had some stuff about my biological dad. Mm -hmm. And up until the point it's been 45, well, well, let's just say all my life, I've been telling him, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Right. But after that experience, I started telling him, thank you. Mm -hmm. Because because he was gone, it made me more resourceful to figure out what a real man was yeah. or is. Yeah. Yeah. Had he been there, that might have been my only only example. You know, my main, but because he was gone, I used my I bootleg my friends, fathers, mm -hmm. you know, yep, my yep. cousins' fathers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm like, I like how dudes treat yep. his wife. Oh, he still opened the door for his wife. Yep. They've been together for 30 years. Like, I'm getting all this, mm -hmm. this right? game, right? <laughs> um, but that was really good for me because it allowed me, I 45 years old, I had this cancer. Mm -hmm of me perpetually saying, you know, fuck you in the operating yeah. in the background of my operating system. Mm -hmm. Right. And I turned that to thank you and it came out and it released. And then I realized, whoa, whoa, you gotta be careful what you replaced that way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's man, deep. It is, man, because, you know, I, I understand. I mean, I've been there because my dad wasn't in my life and I hated him to the core, man. Being an athlete, he never saw me play. Right. So I was like, man, first chance I get, if I ever see him, I'm going to hit him in his mouth. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and then when um, I had my son, of course, I didn't know what dad was. So at the time having a son, it's like, well, is it going to have, am I going to repeat the case, you know, the whole same process because I don't know no better. Right. Right. But he called and I called him. We talked, I went out to see him for like two weeks. It's the most time I had spent with him in all of my, I think it was like 33, 32 at the time, something like that. 
Mm-hmm. We became best friends for three years, bro. Took all mm-hmm. that anger away, but then he died three years later. Oh, wow. So it was like, if I hadn't have done that to called and tried to mend that fence, like you mended that cancer, it, uh, it changed me because I released right. all of that. And then I had so much more space. Like you said, you got to be careful when you get all that energy because it, it changes to positive stuff. And it's like, whoa, let's go. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it can, I mean, you have to be careful and you have to have support with that. Yeah. Cause it could go horribly wrong. Yeah. Without guidance and direction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, serious. You can lose your mind, you know? Man, man. Which is kind of what I did, did when you? I decided to, you know, face my water fears. And uh-huh. you know, oh yeah, you did lose your mind on that one. I gotta I agree with you on that yeah. one. Yeah. Because you know. <laughs> I, I could always swim. We go to the lake, but you know, I have a life jacket on. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, back in the day, we don't naturally drinks. float. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> nah, we don't do that. We we'll float, like nah, what? we nah, see, we see. <laughs> but you know, with the life jacket on now, you cool. know, I got a little yeah, swag. Cool. If I fall yeah, off right? the boat, I can get to the boat. I'll be gassed. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely no energy yes. left. Yes. So I, I said I was gonna learn how to swim, right? I'm going to face my water fear and learn how to swim. And the very first day in the pool, I had a panic attack, start swallowing water, felt like I was going to drown. And then I realized all I had to do was stand up, right? That was day one. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's a rough day one, bro. That's that's a rough day one. Look, and I'm going in there. I'm like, (laughs) I'm doing all the swim stuff before I jump in. I'm thinking I should have did some cupping, you know, like, mm. you know, that had the marks yep. on them. I'm like, I got all this stuff in my head. Like I'm about to compete. I get in the, and I did get it to, to the other end. I was so tired, but I knew because I have a relationship with one day at a time because mm-hmm. of my recovery and the stuff that I've posted on social media yeah. is really just to show, Hey y'all, there's no magic. The magic is one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And because we're in an immediate gratification society, fools don't have the patience for that, you know, but you'd Mm -hmm. be surprised the power of one day at a time, just books on it, compound edge, slight edge, compound effect, slight edge, you know, those are books, you know, that speak on that. But Mm -hmm. long story short, the process of getting rid of that cancer, Mm -hmm. realizing that I wasn't living, didn't not taking it personal when my coach told me I was playing small, Mm -hmm. I didn't let my ego get in the way. I took that in and I let it resonate and, and, and saw the truth in it. Yeah. So I started to believe like, wow, if I can learn how to swim, what if I can do a, I can do a triathlon. So I'm a month into it and I'm thinking I'm swimming now. And this guy was like, Hey bro, what you doing? <laughs> like I'm swimming. He's like, Like, what are you getting ready for? I'm like a triathlon. He's like, whoa, like, we're at Santa Cruz. You mean in the ocean? Yeah. He's like, come here, bro. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm much strong now. Remember day yeah. one? Yeah. I'm 30 days into yeah, it. So I'm like, you like, Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> and then he's like, he gave me this. He's like, Ooh. oh, bro, that's not it. But anyways, he showed me some pointers. He introduced me to his swim coach. Turns out he was a triathlete. Mm. And I started 
getting some lessons and in those lessons, you know, I was able to complete my first triathlon. And then, and that was absolutely amazing, absolutely horrifying, but, and also absolutely exhilarating. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause that was a, another level up of being present in the moment in which each stroke, you know what I'm saying? Completing a mile in the ocean one stroke at a time, cloudy, freezing cold, face numb, getting punched and kicked because some people are actually trying to win. Yeah. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to finish. They right? trying to They're win. Trying to I'm win. just like, no, dude, this fired on me. I'm like, right. this dude just kicked me. I was like, I was literally getting beat up in the water, right? But after that experience, I'm on online, I'm looking and I see I came across Odyssey Swim Group and I see uh, the Alcatraz swim. Mm, I remember and, that when you did that. And you know what, man? I, I saw it. I saw these people jumping out the boat by Alcatraz. My stomach turned to the big knot. I got a lump in the throat and my eyes started watering mm. because I knew I had to do it. Ooh. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like you want to talk that smack about facing your fears. This is what it, this is what it looks like for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And in doing that, you know, that experience, when I got to land, I bust, I broke down in tears. Wow. Because I realized in that moment, I could have lived my whole life thinking that was impossible. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So it was like, I just did that. What else can I do? Mm -hmm. Boom. <laughs> I literally unlocked mm -hmm. a cheat code. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You remember yeah. up, down, left, right, AB? Right, right, maybe. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, we all got this cheat code inside yeah. of us. We just have to put, I mean, we have exactly. to apply the pressure to unlock it. Mm -hmm. You know, well, part, so, part of that whole unlocking that, you kind of explain that even through tragedy, the mindset is so important, but you, not only that, you have to put yourself in position to be around the right people mm -hmm. to support you, to get you through it. Right. I mean, you know, God bless Tracy, but when you get through your trainers and through the other people that are doing that are like-minded, mm -hmm. it's so important to be around a circle of people that help you level up. Absolutely. How crucial was that in what you went through? It's everything. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't happen. You know, I, I was just reading the other day, like, you know, uh, you know, we are the, the five, five people, people we hang, hang around, with. Yeah. right? And if you want to do something outside of that circle, you can't go to one of those people nope. in that circle to get right. there, right? Right, right. You know, and what that requires, and that requires, a lot of people think I'm an extrovert. I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm very uncomfortable. This right here, yeah. you know, is a I'm able to tap into my passion of telling, you know, telling the truth. So mm -hmm. that's what it's that's about. That's what it's about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not worried about what people will think, but it took me time to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, and people think that, you know, oh, the he's, he's training. He's like so disciplined. I'm just like, every day is I have a choice, <laughs> right? Yep. Every freaking day mm -hmm. I have a choice. And for me, it's not about discipline. It's about creating a habit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was living the lifestyle that you choose to live. Mm -hmm. People are so 
um, on autopilot and on robotic, and like you said, instant gratification mentality that they don't know if they come when they're going. So right. someone like you, they're astonished because you're doing what you want to do and living life and loving yourself and doing the things that you want to do, but they don't realize the work that it took, the years that it took to develop the want and the mentality to have that lifestyle. Right. And when you're training for an Ironman, you get, first of all, I never could stand long distance because I couldn't handle being in between my ears with me by myself for that long. <laughs> I'm just being 100% right. You, you 100% real. right, bro, because I don't, yeah. me neither. I, hey, I'm a sprinter. <laughs> Let me, yeah. nine flat. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> right? So that's, you know, especially during COVID, all that mm. stuff was going on with the racial tension. Not that it's not yeah. there anymore, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It got it was exposed a little more yeah. than what it's always been. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been hours on the trainer and hours running. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I had to learn how to accept all of the others. Mm-hmm. Mm. Not just the good yeah, stuff. Yeah. The raggedy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The stuff that one thing that makes it hard for me sometimes i have a, an amazing memory i remember mm-hmm. everything everything yep Oof. good bad the mm-hmm. ugly you know the stuff i would wish on my worst enemy all that stuff as well as all the um, you know the, the great stuff too so yeah. that's a lot you know a lot of people well they they put that stuff in the vault and this let lock it away right throw it over the boat and Shoot. let it sink to the bottom you know <laughs> but for me i learned that Mm-hmm. That doesn't work for me because yeah. that's something waiting to catch me when down right? yeah. to snatch me back to what I worked so hard to get away from. Did you have but, to go through a process of forgiving yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. And that is a, a daily commitment, mm-hmm. you know, and the training is, you know, the self-forgiveness because all that stuff, you know, some of that stuff I had buried, it comes up, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. <laughs> It, it comes up and then it, that's my opportunity to, you know, establish and cultivate a healthier relationship with that. Yeah. And in that process, what it's doing for me is, you know, like I said, I love me, not in the conceited, conceited exactly, way. Exactly. You know, I love all of me and that's helped. That's given me a level of humility that helps me like want to understand and support mm-hmm. people's process but not judge their process. Yes. Yes. You see, there's, yes. a, there's, there's a, difference. a difference. Yes. There's a difference. So I'm just like, I'm not, you won't ever say, Hey, you need to do this. Even if that's what you need to do. I'm just going to share what works for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. You can go get a coach to tell you what you need to do, mm-hmm. you know, because that's how close I am to that, you know, that self-discovery journey. Yeah. It's fragile. It's delicate. Mm-hmm. And right now, people are very, you know, the backbones are being compromised. Yeah, big time. And a lot of us forgot how hard we really are. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 that edge is necessary, yeah. you know, and me being able to find out when to implement it and when to, you know, that, to ba- back that off, so-called balance. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that was a long-winded way of saying <laughs> I didn't get here overnight. Right. I haven't figured it out, but my journey is always, it's always been about, you know, constant evolution, constantly Mm -hmm. getting just a little bit better a day at a time. 
And that that's so, I mean, it's amazing. Like I said, just how you've gone through the different episodes of life, but those are all chapters in your life story. Right. That, you know, we, like you said, a lot of people put those chapters and tuck them away and toss them overboard or bury them. They don't realize that those are lessons mm -hmm. that are going to help you upgrade your operating system because mm -hmm. you're learning of what sometimes maybe I shouldn't do or I shouldn't act that way or I should understand why that happened or there are all types of pieces that you can pull out of those things that um, we have to forgive ourselves for the things that we did. You know, I tell some of my clients at the end, you know, that you have to forgive yourself for things that you did based on the information that you had at that time. Right. To the information you have now, you would have made a different decision back mm -hmm. then. So you had to forgive yourself for those for, for those transgressions that you did so that you can make room to move forward to live the life that you want to live. But at the, it's always a choice. Everything that we do is a choice. How you mm -hmm. what underwear you put on, what how you comb your hair, mm -hmm. whether you eat breakfast or don't eat breakfast. Uh, now those things are kind of autopilot moves, but we still have to make the choice to do it. Mm -hmm. And we have that much control and you have taken that to a whole nother level as an example of how you've lived your life through what you've come through. Because like I said, I admire you in more ways than one, especially with the water, because <laughs> bruh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I love you enough to let you do the water for me because I ain't getting in no water swimming from Alcatraz. So I'm going to live through you with that because I understand the strength and the power, the discipline, the mindset, the focus, the motivation, the, 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 the winning mentality that you had to go through. And that's the part I appreciate about your spirit is that even though I'm not able to do that, I appreciate what it takes to get it done. Right, right. And that by itself, when people are able to appreciate people for the effort that they put in and why they do it, it changes a relationship. It does. And you know, the water, the water people, people say, hey, Theodis, good job for conquering your fears. Fears don't work like that. Mm -mm. They don't work like that. What it did was it helped me build a, a coexist with my fears. Mm -hmm. It allows me to take action, even though fears are present. Exactly. When I'm in the water and I go to take, you know, I, a, a breath and a wave crashes on, I get some of that toilet bay water. <laughs> That panic kicks in. <laughs> yeah. Right. You got a few seconds to get it together. Yeah. Right. Where else can you get that experience for you? You got the pressure turn on you like that. Mm -hmm. You got to make a decision. Okay. What do I do? I'll start to breathe. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to get it together. You don't have the luxury to play around with maybe. Right. No, take a, take a break. Yeah. No. <laughs> We're not doing that today. Wow. You know no, what I'm saying? Yeah. And the other thing that I realized by facing my fears is fears. People think, oh, I'm afraid of this, afraid of that. My water fear helped me realize that fears corrupt other belief systems. Oh, absolutely. You know absolutely. what I'm saying? So you ever find yourself hesitant on something or bro. You know, me, like I said, me doing video. Mm -hmm. has it's been a, a, a fear for you look great on video by the way right. i don't know what man, you're tripping I, off hey, of, so. hey i don't know either but i tell <laughs> you what man 10 years i can go 10 11 years man it was you know god put on me that i got to do more video because of what i what i wanted to give as far as what i wanted to share with the coaching stuff man and i've been running from that since then i've done more video in the last two weeks than i've done in the last 
10 years because I accepted, finally accepted that fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it stopped me from doing so many things because of being in that spotlight. So I was right. always kind of in the background doing just enough to make it happen while letting other people take, you know, uh, credit for it, which at the time, because of the fear, it didn't matter. It didn't matter, but I'm sure that started <laughs> to build up. So it did. <laughs> you know what I mean? It started to build up like, hey, hey, D. Right. Uh, we got, what's up? We, we got to, yeah. With this, right? <laughs> Yeah, so, and you know, and even that experience, you know, I'm all you will always hear me say, "Hey, I ain't figured it out." Yeah, no, no. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my ego, I have a healthier relationship with my ego too, because mm -hmm. it's like sometimes it just it's just not invited. Yeah, we're not doing that today. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Once you get over here, and then it allows me to be vulnerable when necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's something that's you know, as young as as black men, that you know, we that's, don't do enough of. Yeah, or it's a sign of weakness. Yeah, well, that's what but we were I, taught. Yeah, but I understand now that that's actually a sign of strength. Yes. Because me being vulnerable, now when I think about all the fights I had when I was a kid, <laughs> I had a tear in my eye, so you was about to get but, some. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Whether you was a bully or not, whether you whooped me or not, you was going to get yep. some. So yep. It yep. just reminds me that, hey, it's okay to, you know, as a man to cry and be vulnerable. Not yeah. sappy with it, but yeah. if it's something passionate, you know, I, okay, I look, yeah. yeah, crying is not like, it's energy. Mm -hmm. So it's what we well, attach. It's an emotional to. release. Yeah. yeah. You know, that we don't give ourselves enough credit for, because I remember, man, you know, back in the day playing ball, when we lost, you know, you shed a tear every now and then because yeah. of that winning spirit. And mm -hmm. that wasn't a bad thing because you was in a battle. Right. But outside of outside of that that playing field, if you cried for any reason, mm -hmm. it was a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. And evolving and and, op, and upgrading operating systems allowed you to realize, allowed me to realize that feeling that emotion actually made me stronger than it did made me weaker. Mm -hmm. And that was Absolutely. a complete shift from the way that I was raised. Mm -hmm. So it, it really changes you when you allow yourself to be you. When you try to get in touch with you and you sit in that space of just you and you have those battles back and forth, you got to make a choice on which one going to come out the closet. Right. 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 That is a, it's a, it's a tough thing, man, but, but Hey bro, you know, I've, I've taken up an hour of your time and it's, it's been real because you told a story that is, along the lines of a lot of us, but we're too afraid to speak on it because of that fear, that being raised, that mentality, that masculine yeah. ego mentality that right. we don't understand that we're more like Maya Angelou, one of my favorite quotes of hers was, you know, we are more alike than we are different. Mm -hmm. And if we would just talk to each other as black men, right. To share the stories and things that we went through, there's that bond. It's kind of like a fraternity. There's a bond that we have that we would become closer or more powerful at the same time. Right. So right. I appreciate you coming on, man, and, and telling the story. Uh, it, it's going to be great for everybody to respond to because I know it's going to touch a lot of lives and not only men, but women too, uh, because of just how your wife has stood by your side through all that and um, helped support you before and through the Iron Man well, water that's a whole, system. That's a whole, that's a whole other show. podcast. I'm exactly. I'm just letting you know that it's coming. That yeah, is coming. Like, because yeah, it's, her it's, story with that is going to be amazing. 
And yeah, I, I would love to actually get both y'all together because <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we both Gemini's too. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. It's, it's off the chain over it'll here. Be, it'll be good. But I appreciate you. You know, I think what you're doing is amazing. I think what you're doing is uh, perfect timing as we come out of this, you know, this COVID cloud and, you know, give people permission to be ourselves unapologetically. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's just be us. Let's, let's see who the us. real, let's see who the right? real people is out there, right? <laughs> and like you said, that's, I believe that will bring us closer yeah. rather than separate us. Yeah. Um, but it is, I think what you're doing is a part of the healing process. You know, um, it will allow us to be able to come together and support each other in healing those old wounds so mm -hmm. that we still got some time. You know, here right? a little something, something. So let's, you know, let's get rid of this baggage so we can right? go out here and handle our business. So right? I appreciate you, my man. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, give Tracy some love for me. You guys have a good rest of the day, and uh, we'll chat soon, man. All right, talk to you later. All right, bro. Thanks for listening. This has been The Bald Truth with your host, the coach, D. Jackson. This podcast is your companion to build confidence and live life to the fullest without regrets. It's what you need to hear without any fluff. So if you haven't subscribed to the show, do it right now. That way, you're the first to hear new episodes packed with more tips and tools for your mindset to not only make you feel empowered, but actually be empowered to live life with a refreshed mindset. And if you can't wait until the next episode, catch up with us on Instagram at DJ the Coach and join the conversation in our Facebook group, Elevate Your Life.